Hi everyone, welcome back to Audacity. Super excited to be here. I hope I sound a little different. I I fully invested in the podcast gear setup. I have a full mic and interface, a preamp, like super prepared. Um, it's because I broke my other mic. Um, because I'm clumsy as fuck. I just did some dumb shit and it broke. So I was like, now's the time to invest and make it actually sound like it's something. So that's hella exciting. Um. Before I hop into the episode, I do have a couple, like, (laughs) things to get off the top of my head. Um, But um, I'm I'm putting out a call for interviewees and or topic specialists. Topic specializing in Beyonce, (laughs) Drake, and Kanye. Um, I just want to talk about Beyonce and her impact because she's, like, just one of those women where, like, yes, she does have pretty privilege, but also she's she does her fucking job like she gives the work with a small caveat of brown skin girls when she had zendaya and the likes on the porch we can't all be superstars and her wearing a blood diamond i mean we can't be all be perfect but yeah i just want to talk about beyonce and specifically like going through each one of her eras including destiny's child which that was my first ever cd and i got as a christmas present and i remember because iconic like who else was talking about can you pay my bills keep paying my telephone bills and then maybe we can chill like they were kind of ahead of their time of like pay my fucking bills and uh i mean cater to you is a good song i mean you would have to be a special 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 person for me to cater to you um and i just love like lose my breath it makes me just like want to just fucking do a dance and i'm i'm committed to learning the dance in the music video all three parts but i just love disney's child i think they're the best girl group to ever do it fight your mom about it so i want to talk about beyonce and then i also really want to talk about drake because i don't really like new drake um and i've heard an abundant of it over a vacation and i'm like over it but i'm interested i want to talk about old drake like i love old drake's um like i love drake's old shit like i was just listening to lust for life and he was just talking about like like just shit where I was like he kind of predicted how iconic he would be and I think that's hella cool. And then for Kanye, I want to talk about him because I think he's a nuanced character. Like he, I have an immense empathy for him because he does have mental health issues and is someone who also struggles with mental health issues. I wish that people would give people. I'm not saying excuse his behaviors because even when you have manic episodes or mental breakdowns, you are responsible for your actions. But I think that people don't extend um, people who are mentally ill. And let's not even put like say like because Kanye has a platform, but people don't in typical sense do not st- extend patience to people who struggle with mental health issues. And I can clearly see like yeah, something is you know wrong, like something I have something's wrong with me I have mental health issues too so in that regard I like see his pain but I don't think he he should be excused for his actions but the bar is pretty low because I'm like thinking to myself at least he didn't touch any kids that the bar is so fucking low like I'm hoping he didn't sexually assault someone like so I mean for that I guess that's a kudos (laughs) um another announcement that I wanted to put out was that I will be um doing a weekly euphoria review um, and if Zendaya is good, I, and I will be objective, I promise I will be objective, because I want her to prove me wrong. Like, I don't want her to prove me right. Um, but I will take back that I said Zendaya is mediocre, and I will do a whole podcast about it. Uh, I am going to watch Spider-Man, but I only identify under one Spider-Man, and his name is Tobey Maguire. If you're not Tobey Maguire, you're not my motherfucking Spider-Man. I'm sorry. Like, I only identify. And then maybe Andrew Garfield on a good day. 
Okay. Definitely not no fucking uh I was gonna call him Tom Hiddleston, but Tom Holland. Yeah. Uh, but I think him and Zendaya are actually super cute. Uh yeah, so you go girl. But yeah, so I'll be doing weekly re- euphoria reveal- reviews, but I don't think it'll be any good. And my premise still stands for the first show. Like I just think it was inappropriate, like all around. I get that this shit really does happen. But if you're not having a message that, you know, is like saying this behavior really isn't okay, like not that's not okay, it shouldn't be okay and you should be feel safe to tell somebody, it, it's not doing that. And I think, I don't know, like I just think it's inappropriate personally, it, and especially because some teenagers, like why couldn't it be college? Like this shit really does happen in college. And I think bitches need to be talking about college students, but hey, whatever, that's not the topic. So... For headlines today, first I want to talk about Insecure. So I just watched Insecure, and I literally bawled—not bawled, but some tears did stream my down my eyes when Torian brought when he ordered Molly the wings and wine. I was like, that like he cares, Molly. That's your guy. That's your guy. He's not asking you to change. He's not asking you to do anything. He's seeing you, and you know. I like literally lost it. Cause I'm like that nigga cares. Like Molly, you got somebody who fucking cares. You go, girl. And also, I like insecure because this will be my next topic. Okay, ba- let me get to topics today. I have my headlines, and I'll be talking about. Oh, I'm getting a white boyfriend, which ugh, I wrote this, and now I'm kind of like up in the air. I don't know. And then I'm gonna talk about NFTs. But um, yeah, I was just I was like that just got me all in my feels. And I'm Team Nathan, and I'm Team Crenshaw. Like. I totally see where Issa's coming at. She's like, should I sell out to nothing but water or should I uh, work with Crenshaw? And I think she should work with Crenshaw because it's the best of both worlds. You can make money while effectively helping your community while with nothing but water, you would kind of be working for the man because that white guy is kind of weird. He reminds me of the boss from We Got Y'all, like just different areas. So I think she should go with Crenshaw and I think she should go with Nathan. I love Nathan for her. And I'm also just rooting for the person with mental health issues because, like, okay, he disappeared, but he disappeared because he had a mental break, sis. Like, and that's what really made an end. If that not had, if that not that didn't happen, I think they would be together. So I think she needs to leave Lawrence crack Lawrence's crack ass alone. And let's not forget. And I, I maybe this is just me, but Lawrence was a fucking bum. Like Lawrence was on the couch for five years, did not have a job. Issa was paying for everything with her nonprofit job, and we got y'all. And we know that that shit was not paying. So I am team, I'm team, I'm team Nathan. I'm sorry. I'm team Nathan. I can't change how I feel. I'm team Nathan. But anyways, I'm, I'm actually hella emo. Like I do think I'll be going into a moment of reflection and, uh, being a hermit when the show ends, because it's just nice to see like your struggle reflected and not like your struggle but to see someone who's experiencing the same experience who's having the same experiences as you as you I almost did like a Kylie Jenner thing I'm just experiencing things to like experience them but yeah I just I think the show does so much for black people black millennials any black person who at any age is looking to find what their purpose is and like watching Issa pick what she wants like I feel like I sold out like okay yeah I make a lot of money but I have no purpose like I'm not doing what I feel like I went to school to do which was to if I could look at my mission statement I would literally just be to give black people options like I don't live under the the thing where we should make this black person go do this we should let this black person have options if you don't want to go to college that should be an option and you should still be able to make good money you should still be able to have a job you should still have access to opportunities if you don't want to have kids or if you don't 
if you do have kids, you should still have options to pursue anything that you want to do as a black person. And it's like black people do not have options. We kind of have to follow a set path in order to get somewhere sometimes, like for the majority. Then you have those who like can break out and make their own path. And I totally admire that. But I feel like I'm trying to make my path after being told that this is what I have to do. Like in retrospect, I didn't actually want, really want to go to college. I really don't like school. I like learning. I just don't like school. But I needed that degree to get where I am now. And I had to follow that path. And there was really no other path for me if I didn't go to college, which kind of fucking sucks. So I'm like under the impression I just feel like we should give black people options. And I feel like with Crenshaw, Issa will be giving black people options. And I just love this show so much. Um, yeah. And that's on period. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Astroworld. So I'm not really going to attack this from the standpoint of like what happened because we all know what happened. I'm more sure attacking this from the capitalism. This is the prime example of capitalism and it's profit over people. And what's really bringing this on is I watched his interview with Charlemagne the God, which I, I have to go into a side note tangent on why I think Charlemagne the God, The Breakfast Club, Shade Room, etc., like all these quote unquote black urban blogs are extremely anti-black, but also they should not be the ones leading the culture. And it just tracks that Travis Scott would meet with Charlemagne the God because he's fucking gross. Like he's admitted to raping somebody on a podcast with this this other dude like he's admitted to saying like he roofied a girl and had sex with her when she was unconscious like that's not a flex bruh and he went to court for that shit he's he's he admits to cheating on his wife like and saying that she was okay like i don't know that's hey teacher i'm just saying he seems like a scummy nigga and um also so they had this woman her name is amara la negra and she was on Love and Hip Hop Miami. Don't shoot the source. Like, okay, I get fuck Mona Scott Young. But um, she was on that show and she was just talking about her struggle with colorism and trying to get like reggaeton artists or producers to work with her so she could produce music because she's from the DR. Um, and she just talked about her experience with colorism while they're in the same breath on the same cast at the same time there was this white she's white cuban like this girl is fucking white bleach blonde white i don't know she like she probably does her hair whatever and she has this song called pay me nigga don't bullshit me and she's white cuban and she says she's black and this is really when i realized like race ethnicity and nationality be kicking y'all asses like the same way there there and there kicks your asses race nationality and ethnicity be kicking y'all fucking asses like just because you're cuban does not girl you're white like just and I think because a lot of people are like oh well you know we do have like I don't know if this is like problematic so correct me like a mestizo history like you're indigenous mixed with black you know um mixed with like the colonizer and that's totally true but I race is a care it's like a group of care like phenotypical characteristics that gives you to a certain race now that sounds like some fucking bullshit don't get me wrong but it's not bullshit because it has real life consequences for people and you can't just like you're, you can't just be transracial bitch like you can't just look white you can't just be looking white are white and then say i'm black it doesn't work that way you're not rachel dolezal get a grip but anyways she was on the model negra was on the breakfast club and she was just saying her experience about being a darker skinned black woman and trying to and being an alpha latina and trying to make it in this business and she's like unless you look like j-lo and then shaman goth's like whoa 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 like j-lo like basically you're not as talented as j-lo and that pissed me off because i was like i will die on this hill like i will die a thousand deaths and more 
JLo's not talented. Sorry. Like, I will give you one thing, and that, and you can take a guess what that is. It's Selena. That's it. That's all you're getting. You're not getting any accolades for anything else. Like, you're only where you are because you're pretty and kind of exotic looking. And on top of that, like, she stole music from black women. Like, still has their their voices on her fucking tracks. Like, she's not even singing. Like, stole music from Ashanti. And then she stole music from this that song like it's this one thing that got me tripping it's this one thing I don't know that song is Uh, I think it's called one thing but I don't (laughs) I don't know who's it by though but anyway she stole that she's and um I don't know if Ashanti did Jenny from the blog what that's the only song I know from off the top of my head don't be fooled by the rocks that I got I'm still I'm still Jenny from the blog used to have a little now I have a lot no matter where I go I know where I came from she's from the I don't know what like what song does Jennifer Lopez have at? Um I only know that song Let's Get Loud. Well she can't even sing that shit live. If you're looking for a laugh, go watch Jennifer Lopez try to sing live. There's hella videos on it. Go also go watch Selena Gomez Who Says performance on Ellen and you'll really have a laugh because that shit's awful. Um also, it's weird that she's back with Ben Affleck. I'm getting back to my original point, but I just need to have, I just need to figure out what song she has. She has a song called Ain't Your Mama. <sighs> okay. Oh, if you had my love and I gave you all, would you comfort me? Okay, that's one. Uh, I don't know what love don't cost a thing sounds like. But they're doing her dirty. Oh, on the floor. That's true. She did. I'm real. The way you walk, the way you talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> not me actually knowing hella J Lo songs because black people did that shit. That's why, and that's why it sounds like good. And anyways, Charlamagne the God, he's anti-black, and I'm glad Monique cussed Lenard's ass out because he fucking deserved it for that shit too. Hella problematic. So Travis Scott basically has an interview. Not basically. He has an interview with Charlamagne the God on his YouTube channel. Because Charlamagne the God's trying to be an interviewer. And he's not a good interviewer outside of, like, the dumb shit he does in The Breakfast Club where he, like, really crosses some lines. Like, I don't really think he's that all good of an interviewer. And he basically, like, Travis Scott is fucked. Like, I've never seen a nigga more fucked in my life. Like, he is evading, like, accountability. Of course, he didn't say sorry because if you say sorry, you're admitting guilt. He is, like, using typical gaslighting language. Like, he called his fans family. Like, we are a family. Like a giant tree. Boom, boom, boom. Branching out towards the sky. Like, that's honestly the energy he was on. Like, we are family. I got all my sisters. Like, that's what he was saying. And I'm like, get a grip. You're rich. You're not family. You t- Like, everything in this world is pending on class lines you're not fucking family you're rich well you about to be broke after you pay his lawsuit but you're rich you're not family you actually killed some of their family like get a grip and he's saying like oh we need to be focused on solutions and like bitches who say that after some shit's gone wrong and they are a key factor or they are a participant in some regard like you can't be it's like the government with COVID-19 you can't be reactionary like you could have been proactive and it's your fault this shit didn't happen because you and now you want to be reactionary because you weren't proactive like it's 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 just a little too late, a little too long, and I can't wait. You know all the right things to say. You know it's just a little too late. You say you dream of my face, but you don't like me. You just like the chase. So be real, it doesn't matter anyway. Sorry. It's just a little too late, bro. Like, you can't take it back. Like, it's... 
it's over. Like, I'm sorry. And he's basically saying like, oh, well, if we have Apple watches now, then we could put something on a little bracelet that lets you in to track your heart rate. And I'm thinking to myself, it's not just the fact that one person passed out because that happens at concerts. It's the fact that 10 people died because no one took proper cautions to make sure that the, the way that the, how you like all stand in front of the stage, that that's spaced out, um, that people have access to like water, that things are walkable enough so that the ambulances, everything like people can get through to help. Like it's not that it, it was a mess. Like there was no structure. There was no organization. And that's why that shit happened. And he's, he's, he honestly seems like he just doesn't know, like he doesn't get it. And I'm like, that's kind of crazy because he had a fan. He asked a fan to jump down and like to the, a crowd and they would catch him. And this fan jumped down from a second story balcony and now is paralyzed. Like if anything, that should just told you this. He doesn't give a fuck. Like, and if you like, if you're telling your fan to do that, like, I'm sorry, revoked, like you, your whatever card is revoked. And honestly, he's about to be living off his fucking baby mama. And to be honest, I'm pretty sure she's going to dump his ass because like, she really only wanted you for some jungle fever behavior. And now that you're about to lose all your fucking money, you really ain't worth shit. So I really do think that this is a hot mess and I don't really feel bad for him. I'm, and I'll never feel bad. I will never, ever, 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 ever feel bad for a capitalist ever. You couldn't even pay me. Um, you know what he said that killed me? He was like, yeah, I do call and responses to check back on the crowd. Uh, there are hella people. What call and response? Like, can you hear every single person's call and response? Like, a call and response is for, like, 20 people, nigga. Like, not, oh, I have a crowd of a 1,000 people. I'm about to do a fucking call and response. <sighs> so, this is sad. He's asking for understanding. Like, us to understand him. There's no coming back from this. Yeah, fuck Travis Scott. Okay, so... Let's move on to I'm getting a white boyfriend, which I don't know. I feel kind of like in the air about that as I gave a reflection because I get to watch such beautiful depictions of black love like on Insecure. And I think to myself, it's cute in theory, but in reality, I don't know. So while I'm redoing this, it's basically a redo of should I date outside my race? And the reason I'm redoing that is because I just didn't like I don't like having myself out there like that. Like I'm crying and shit and honestly I should I'm I want to attack it and look at it from a standpoint of okay yes this is this is the statistics this is the reality but like how can I flip this like what can I do instead of thinking like oh poor me like these group of people did this to me like yes you did this to me and I feel like that just says more about who you are than it does about me and I think that's the thing I kind of just take on this shit I guess if it's a personal front to who I am and it really doesn't matter so I'm revamping this episode because I want to talk about more about the statistics, but I also want to talk about like why I think it's important. I'm now on the the side of I think it's important for black women, particularly black women who do, do not fit within the mainstream beauty standard to open their, you know, dating pool a little bit. Um, and yeah, I just want to like flip the narrative that it's if you do not find me desirable, which like, let's just say this, like, I'm not living in a glass house to say like, I could be fucking lame. Like my person, I could be lame and I could be butt ugly. I do not think that's the case, but I'm allowing to say that those could possibly be factors. Um, (laughs) and so if like, I just feel like if someone does not find me desirable, then I just need to go and figure out someone who does. And anything in this case, it requires me to broaden my horizons. Um, because I do, I just, 
I like I said in my last podcast, my biggest fear is not being in love. I love love. Like, I'm not trying to miss out on that shit. At least once. Like, I'm not saying we have to be together forever, but at least once. And I'm not trying to miss out on that opportunity because I'm waiting on a group of men who I fully understand have their own struggles and honestly have their own complexes when it comes to, uh, like, black women who uh, fit outside the beauty standard, I guess. I don't have time for that. I don't have time because you were bullied by a black girl and now you only date white girls. Like, cry me a river cry me cry me oh cry me a river cry me cry me like literally like i could fucking care less like so it's just time that like i make it do what it fucking do so yeah i'm gonna start off this quote with a book this is from Brittany cooper eloquent rage which is my black feminist bible and i think that it's a mandatory read she has a whole chapter on why everybody should stand beyonce because it's true um and it's from her chapter called Love in a Hopeless Place. But I, I'm, before I jump into what I'm talking about, I really want to find the words to express why this is important. Because I, I realized, like, I never thought I had a soapbox. And now I realize color is my, is my soapbox. And I hate, it's like as I move through life every day. When I, when I was in high school and when I was in college, I kind of didn't notice and particularly because I was around a lot of dark-skinned black people, actually, I think that's what it is. And now that I'm finding myself in spaces where I am the darkest, it becomes more prevalent. And, like, little comments, like, I hate, I hate, I hate when people make, like, light-skinned jokes or because it attributes a group of characteristics to a skin color as if darker-skinned people, and maybe I should give an example, I don't know. I won't give an example, but I just don't like stuff like that. And when people make those jokes, that is, like, kind of triggering to me because I'm like, I... And it really only happens when I'm around light-skinned people. Whatever. I'm just going to read this quote to preface why I'm talking about this and why it's important. So Bernie Cooper says in her chapter, From the age of 20 to 29, I was celibate with the exception of a couple of singular and very brief encounters. At some point after you've gone years without a man, so much as smiling your way or admiring your looks, you begin to feel invisible. You begin to doubt your own gaze. Recognition is a human need, and there is something fundamentally violent about a world that denies black women recognition on a regular basis. Even though you look in a mirror and you see someone attractive looking back at you, the fact that no one else sees it starts to fuck with your head. And that's literally like... I, mean, I can agree. I hope I'm not going nine years celibate. Like, if I do, well, I, I don't know what I'll do with myself. But um, I'm on three, so six more years kind of seems like nothing. Um, but that's what it is. It is it's, it's this it's a sense of being hyper-visible yet very invisible. Like, and there are some spaces where I feel hyper-visible. Like, let's say I'm in a space and they're talking about race issues and I'm the black person in the room, only black person in the room, not even the darkest. Okay, but then in spaces, like, around other black people who seek to lift up other sorts of blackness I feel virtually invisible like I and I mean it is what it is like I'm not even gonna front and that's why I think I I try to disarm or welcome or warm up people like via my intellect or my friendliness or my sense of humor which to all my actual friends they refuse to tell me I'm funny which super fuck you like are you really my fucking friend um, cause I am bitch. So don't even play me. Like don't, don't do me. And my friends constantly fucking doing me for no reason. Um, and I don't know, like it's this need to perform. So I don't automatically feel it fit within this stereotype of I'm everything that they say I am, which I, that's like, I recognize there's some shit that I do to, and it's be me performing, you know? Cause what if, if I'm my true self, like LMA has a song, I need somebody to love me naked. But not like like naked, but like who I am as a person, you know. Um, 
so yeah I'm starting that quote off and I I think this is an important topic to me because in this research that I'll be talking about later this black woman she really talks about it when you see your peers doing things that you do not have the option like that's what I'm talking about I would like to have the option to be a hoe if I wanted to be a hoe. I don't think that I would, but I would like to have that option to be dating and doing all this shit, but I do not have that option because I do think it's because of the color of my skin. I really do. Um, But like I said, I do leave space for that. I could be fucking lame and I could be ugly, which I I just don't think those two things are true. So I'm thinking it is what I'm saying it is. And I think it is what the fuck I'm saying it is. Um, And so it's just an important topic to me because I'm like I'm seeing actively in which ways like I'm being denied access to certain spaces and I can't stand for that I will not stand for that I I don't like that and I I never ever 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 want a dark-skinned little black girl to feel the way I felt like growing up still existing and I will do everything in my power to dismantle and deconstruct the ways in which darker-skinned black women are not able to participate um, in certain aspects of the world and that that can include dating that can include work it actually literally includes access to opportunities like access to make money access to education like it includes everything like this the research is there the research is there that darker skin black darker skin black girls are expelled at a higher rate than their counterparts that's actually really crazy to me like it starts young we start teaching our darker skin little black girls young that they're not worthy and I'm here to deconstruct, and even in my active life, I'm deconstructing that shit every day about, like, what someone has said I am. Per. So, let's hop into this. So, I just want to start off with, like, I know my value, and I think that's what I struggle with. Because, like, I look at this chart about, like, where does your low self-esteem stem from or your lack of confidence? And it, it it's only in value. It's only in my value, which I have to flip that narrative because... I, I like to focus on all the things that are bad about me, which makes me feel like I'm a bad person. And I do not focus on the things that are good about me. And I now recognize, like, I know my value and I know everything I have to offer. And I have to offer a lot. And I know I see that value in myself. now. And now that I'm exuding that value in myself, I'm requiring of someone else to see that value in me. And if they don't see that value and they happen to not be black, I, that's okay. Like, I'm not going to be mad about that. I, I think sometimes I try to take on, like, in, in my dating pool or whatever in my dating history I'm like trying to make choices that somehow fall in line with like the overall ultimate goal on black freedom but I can't be the one I can't just fall solely on me a and I have to live my life like I have to live my life in the moment in the everyday instead of trying to aspire to what blackness could be because that's like such a far-off goal and like I said I don't want to miss out on opportunities because I'm saying like oh I only desire to be with a black man um and I'm getting nowhere. And I'm going to give you some statistics later on. Um, and even more in depth than I was talking about last time I did this episode. But that episode's gone. She's never coming back. I can't believe I let myself get that low. Um, and then just to go off with some other thoughts I had about this. Um, I realized that I will not be. Pro- I am pro-black now. But if I do get a partner that is white. I will not be pro-black. But I've weighed that against. At least I have consistent dick. Probably a cute-ass wedding. Some cute-ass kids. Which... I put a bunch of question marks next to kids. I do think like something that does scare me and not in a bad way is having biracial kids and watching my child go through an identity crisis because they don't know where they stand. I do think though that I would be able to parent my child in a way to 
help them understand like I think my parenting method would be like you are both black and white and here are two parts of those histories and I don't know how we can reconcile this but as I tell you and as you learn hopefully as you get get older you can reconcile how do you want these two to influence who you are but I do think that I would I do think that I would parent my kid under the idea of like not the one drop rule because I think the one drop rule is white supremacy and of like you are uh, in you are a both worlds and that doesn't make you any less um so that's how I thought about like and I think that's one thing that kind of scares me too is like having uh kids who are biracial multiracial and watching them suffer through an identity crisis about where they stand and then in the same breath maybe marginalizing or taking away somebody else's space to exist with their their space so hopefully I could figure out a way to a remedy that but who knows and I like all of this to say is like I, I think like I said I think black love is absolutely beautiful 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 chef's kiss but it may not be for me and that's okay like I don't know like I've had to reconcile like that may not be me like I may not have a black love story even though I think it's super cute and maybe the idea of black love might be a little toxic um and I always thought too like I used to always say like oh I'd want someone who I went to if I woke up they would totally understand my struggle and even black men would understand my struggle like ultimately I would have to teach someone how to love me regardless so I'm thinking like why not like yeah I don't know like really come and I text I even text my professor like basically I'm just giving you uh the more colloquial way of what I said but I was like girl I'm, I'm gonna get a white boyfriend dead ass and she was like Lee I'm so proud of you because we've had conversations about this and I was really like vehemently no 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 stick to the stuff you know if you want to be cool follow one simple rule don't mess with the flow no no stick to the status quo boom 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 <laughs> um sorry (laughs) sorry but I mean that that message kind of flows um and in dating a white man yes I would still have beef with white people can't lie like that beef would still exist but I have to say I do have two good white people in my life who I trust in my life implicitly like I had just watched this video of like night workers on the tube in the UK and I felt so bad because me and my white friend Maddie we were going to this club in Shoreditch and Shoreditch is like a 30-40 minute tube right away which is actually far like they have closer clubs oh my god sorry that's my google home oh my god then there's a train coming like jesus fuck and i have the neighbors from hell who like listen to fucking awful music like if your music was good and it wasn't edm i wouldn't be mad that you play it so fucking loud Yeah, anyway, so I ended up, like, barfing. I, like, black... Okay, let me actually tell the full context of the story because it just doesn't... It's, it doesn't exist within a glass house. So we had this one roommate because we had to live in flats, and our flat was co-ed, and we had this one guy who was fucking this one girl. Her name was Chloe, and she said nigger. And why do bitches always say nigger around me? Like, do I have a sign on my forehead that says, call me a fucking nigger? Like... <laughs> call out my name like are they calling out my fucking name like why me so his white girlfriend or whatever their fuck buddies whatever says the n-word and i'm like girl you can't come in this fucking flat because you said that shit like you can't come here no so she walks in the flat and i'm like girl you need to go you said the n-word that's some fuck shit i was drunk too so really didn't care and 
she like started crying and then he started getting at me and I was like, bitch, do you want, do you want it too? Like you want energy? This like scrawny white boy. And then Eugene, this tall, this tall nigga, he, he's not black. Sorry. Let me just put that out there. And he was in my face and I was like, I will fight all of you. So then I like just kind of blacked out, I think. And it was like abroad. So bitch, but we was broke. Like I'm not, I'm not living the way I am now. I do not have no Casamigos, bitch. I was drinking like fucking vodka. Like they have a store called Waitrose, but it's basically like a bougie ass Whole Foods. I was drinking their fucking vodka, nasty as fuck. And I we went down to the tube. We went down to the tube, I guess. And I, I really only remember getting on the tube, and the tube was kind of going fast. So I guess I kind of threw up on the tube, and we didn't even make it to shortage. And then I like felt. I guess apparently because I blacked out, I fell in between the tube doors, and like the tube tried to close on me. <laughs> And I think I fell down some stairs. I woke up in the morning and I was so bruised. I was like, what happened to me? And then my white girlfriend, she like washed my jeans, which laundry was expensive. She washed my jeans, put me to bed and I woke up, everything was clean and I was okay. And I was like, yes, like that's my fucking ride or die. So I have good people, like good white people in my life um, who I really do believe care about me and see me for truly who I am. Like no pause. Um, So yeah, I understand that I would still have beef, but I do recognize the idea that there are good people out there who are white. No, there are white people who are out there who are good, not who are white. You're white and you're good too. And that's okay. Like you, you could be an ally. Um, but I, I want to put this out here because I think that there's a, a distinction. Like you're going to say, well, like you get mad at black men, for dating white women, whatever. And it's not the fucking same. Like it's not the same because I'm I'm opening my dating pool out of necessity because I literally won't ha- have any options and I might end up single fucking around with y'all. You're dating white women because you don't think black women are good enough or you have some complex with black women and that's like a PP, a personal fucking problem. Like I'm done making my own. I actually could really care less. Like if you want to look like a dummy, live your best. Do it like it's your best life, baby. Do it like it's, like do it like it's your best life. I don't give a fuck. Um, but I'm gonna give you some. Ex- specific example specific examples as to why it's not the same like some of y'all niggas will probably not date anyone who looks like your mom that's weird and you need to see a therapist like therapist check some of you'll have color complexes against darker skinned women (laughs) therapist check like i I don't know to say about that and then third which i've met a person like this and super therapist you need a super therapist like he was bullied by black women or he had interests that weren't considered black and so uh, he just decided to date white women because they could understand him. And I'm like, and the, the thing that is the distinction between weird or niche is anime. Like, black women like anime too. There are black nerds out there. You're just not looking because you don't give a fuck because you're not interested. Like, let's call a spade a spade. Just because one mean black woman did something to you doesn't mean all black women are mean, which is believing that stereotype, A. And B, I don't know. Like, I was one of those black people. People always question my blackness, especially my family because they're from the South and okay i loved i went through a whole ass alternative rock music phase and what about it like that music is fucking it goes hard and i know that gautier has that one song somebody used to know but that whole album actually fucking dumps like they're just that music is good like what about it like don't let nobody don't let your music taste make make you not black because if you would think about it all music is black so you're still black you just are not into hip-hop and r&b and that's okay like some dumb shit or like I don't know. I just never affiliated with a, I'm nerdy, so I'm not black. Like, I'm a blurred. I'm a black nerd. Like, I, and you can't take that from me. Like, 
So I don't really fuck with niggas like that. And I met one in person and I just had to say to him, I'm like, you don't like black women because you don't love yourself. You don't love black women because you don't love yourself. And I said, I love all blackness because I love my blackness. I love all black people in any shades, color, size, sexual orientation, gender orientation, regardless, because I love myself. And, um, you don't, and that's okay, but, like, project that shit onto somebody else, and he's still with a white girl to this damn day, and that's his business, like, you live your best life, baby, live your best life, like, I, yeah, can't hold on to that, so, I, that's why I just don't think they're, the, the only reason I've seen that is because it's not the equivalent, like, it's not the equivalent of if I date a white guy, same as a black guy dating a white woman, because it's, act, like, I mean, it's just statistically why it's not the same, but it's just not the same in regardless of how we see blackness. It's necessity versus I don't fucking like y'all. And it's also preference, and can we just acknowledge that most preference is rooted in a phobia and ism, like, a, like a preference is kind of rooted in oppression, low-key, unless you're anti-black. You know what my preference is? You not don't be anti-black, like, deadass, regardless, like, and even black people can be anti-black, and I think colorism is a symptom of that because, like, there are just certain things that you don't talk about in the black community, or else you're you're gonna get into arguments with colorism. Like my whole light skin ass family, I said nobody likes dark skin people. Like, That's not true, and I'm like, um, okay, I'm not gonna engage with you on this. Um, you don't talk about like hom- like homosexuality. You don't talk about being trans. Nothing like that, unless you want to start an argument. So. Don't nobody want to talk about that. And a lot of stuff is based, like a lot of preferences is based in oppression. Also, sidebar, it really bothered me that Rick Ross changed his cover art to his album with the hands, which I thought was kind of cute because he's, people said he looked like Saucy Santana, so he changed it. I'm like, that's homophobic as fuck. Cause like, why would you care? Like, if you know, my whole thing is if you know you're not gay, it doesn't matter. But a lot of black people, why I think a lot of black people oppress other black people is because they're looking to validate their sp- their non-existent spaces in society already. So if they're oppressing somebody else, it gives them standing. When we're all fucked, like we're all uh, operating under the system of white supremacy, it ain't safe for the black or the white girls. Like, <laughs> it ain't safe, it ain't safe, it ain't safe. Like, it's not safe, okay? So like, let's not do that. But it's America. Um... And, like, uh, if we're talking about preferences based on oppression, I, like, almost, I find myself being oppressed by black men in certain ways, and that shit just be making me hella sick, and I'm like, um, like, one guy made me cook, like, he was like, Leah, cook, and I'm like, I don't cook, I don't clean, but let me tell you how I got this ring, follow me, swallow me, drip down the side of me, like, I don't, (laughs) I don't cook, I can clean, I just elect not to sometimes like and that should be okay I should be able to find a man who will cook for me uh, I'm getting to my ad because I'm revamping my boyfriend my house husband house boyfriend ad um another thing is okay so I posted okay so TikTok has has me like looking at interracial relationships kind of different like I've been seeing a lot of like white black men black women with white men on tiktok i'm like y'all are kind of cute and so i posted on twitter like tiktok has me convinced to get a white boyfriend which it kind of did and then two black men that i know posted like disappointed reactions i'm like this is just age to the devil standard that's what i'm talking about and i was like you're both dating non-black women what the fuck are you disappointed for you didn't cross you didn't cross the fence too like what leave me the fuck alone like i have to out of necessity like there are already not any black men to really choose from. And then you have to deal with incarceration. And then you have to deal with the other half who hate themselves. And then you have the fucking rest. I don't have time for this. Like, 
I I'm finding love like find me somebody like I'm finding somebody to fucking love I just need somebody to love I don't need no honestly old Justin Bieber kind of thumps and then when he went through his racist phase I just like had to fucking tap out I think that that's really weird and how he pretended to be black and then now he's not black and he's white and he found God and he's married okay whatever um I did want to give an example of I think a relationship that does not is not a double standard of like a black man with a white woman and I think it's W. Kamel Bell which he's married to a white woman but in in the same time he doesn't disparage blackness or black people or black women he uplifts all things but he's with a white woman and that's okay like he's not doing it to denigrate black women most of the time when black men are with white women it's at the denigration of black women like you're doing it because you have some really pent up hate that or let's get into the statistics. There's a song called Statistics by Life, Gen- Life Jennings. <laughs> I was talking shit about somebody. I'm like, yeah, she's statistic. And I sent that song. And the lyrics are bad. Because basically, like, I'm going to tell you how to get a man. And he reached out the statistics. I think the first one was, don't be a booty call. If he doesn't something, yeah, he won't, he won't respect you, yeah. If he's in a relationship, if he will cheat on her, that means he will cheat on you, number three, something. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be taking any like life advice from Life Jennings. Um, but some of the statistics I was really interested in talking about are an expansion of what I talked about in the last episode, but also not. So... So this quote that she, this um, scholar talks about, she says, most girls grow up fantasizing about dating and marrying somebody within their own racial ethnic group. And indeed, approximately 87% of marriages in the U.S. are between people of the same racial ethnic backgrounds. Black girls growing up today face a very different reality as illustrated by a few daunting statistics. Are you ready? Are you ready, kids? I can't hear you. Okay, the first statistic... (laughs) The first statistic is the number of black females begin to outnumber black males by age 16. For white people, this does not happen until approximately age 32. The second statistic is black men are more than twice as likely as black women to marry outside of their race, which it's actually 12 to 24 percent. Black men outmarry at 24 percent. Black women outmarry at 12. Black women are the least likely of the group of women to marry outside of their race, like across all racial lines. Third, for every 100 for every 100 college educated black females, there are approximately 35 to 40 comparably educated black males. And so when I read that, I was thinking to myself, would I would I want a man with education, like a formal education? And I'm not one of those people. Like, I think that education can really just come out of life. Like, you don't have to go to school. And honestly, I don't I don't think I went to go to school. It was just my path that I was on. So I guess that's what I did. Um, but no, I don't think you even have to be educated. Like. I be thinking someone goes like there's some quotes later about how black men um think black why black women are single and they say the bar is too high and I'm like the bar like if I take the bar any lower any lower low low like if I go any lower the bar will be in hell the bar is in hell the bar is in hell like men don't really have to do anything but just be above trash and yet they have an issue with being above trash <sighs> I'm just doing a lot of deep ego spiritual size as of late because I'm tired. Tired of the way he treats me. Tired. Like, literally tired. Yeah. And so, the bar is hella low and all black... 
and I'm, I'm particularly speaking from the lens of being a darker skinned black woman. I can't attest to anybody else because I know that other black women, regardless, like you could have, you could have access entering to the, the dating marriage market purely based on your size, your proximity to whiteness in terms of your features, like super dumb shit. Like, so, but I'm only speaking from the perspective of being a darker skinned black woman. Um, she also talks about how like, where did these myths and misconceptions come from historically? And she says that she believes all of the, all, like all of these myths go back to slavery and they really do. Um, and it, she talks about how black femininity and white femininity is the anticip- antithesis. Like they've been created to be the antithesis one of one another and black women are the direct, like the diametrical opposite of what white femininity is. Um, and she says, when black women, Patricia Hill Collins says, when black women assertively protest their oppression, they are called loud, angry, independent, strong. Society, including black men, unfortunately, use these stereotypes to question black womanhood, black female liberation, and black women's potential for romantic relationships. And because, and I'm going to relayer into statistics, but black men actually said that black women were emasculating to them. They emasculated them. And I know I would emasculate a man. Bitch, I'm a six-figure nigga. I don't really need a man. Well, I actually, I need a man to help me lift heavy things, but that's it. Like, <laughs> that's it. That's all I need. Um, but that makes me kind of sad that, like, Black men will look at black women as strong and like there to kind of fight for them, but like can't look at us within a romantic lens. Um, and they look at us with strength and I'm like, I'm just as strong as you are. Like I'm weak as like you have weaknesses. I have weaknesses. I'm not a perfect person. There are some things I can be strong and persevere about, but there are also things that make me cry. Like Torian bringing Issa wine and wings that made me cry because that was cute as fuck. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so that's upsetting. So this study, I'm going to move on to the study about why black men think black women are single. And this is going to make me sick. So sick of love songs. So tired of tears. So done with wishes. If you were still here, said I'm so sick of. <sighs> Neil's actually like, she got her own thing. That's why I like, I love Neo. Um. Unless he's done something problematic, well, then I take that back. So 73% of the response in the gender relations category indicated that black women's approach to men is misguided. Are you ready for this, ladies and gentlemen, for some black men to really piss you off on this good Wednesday? They said that cursing and wearing revealing clothes, oh, they're not exhibiting ladylike behavior, which you would fucking hate me. I swear like a sailor. So, okay. Setting standards too high and placing more value on men who can offer material possessions and status. Okay. I'm just gonna say this. Why would you want to date a broke nigga though? Like, if I'm a rich bitch, why would I want to date a broke nigga? Like, those two things, <laughs> those two things don't coincide. So, like, next, and like, do you when they're saying material possessions? I don't think anybody's asking for too much. They're just asking, can you pay my bills? Keep paying my telephone bills. Keep paying my automobiles, and maybe we could chill. I don't think you do. So you and me are through. I think that aptly just that actually is an argument to that point right there. Engaging in controlling behavior, okay. And when they say behaving control, like in in controlling behavior, they mean nagging. Like, can you do this? Can you do that? Like nagging you to just fucking do something and not be a lazy bum. Um, and lowering their standards to attract a man's affection and not being approachable, not not friendly, bad attitude. I'm a black. I'm a what is it? unfriendly black hottie like don't fucking come over here like 
Why should, I think it's under this idea of like, you should smile more. Shut the fuck up. Like if I have resting bitch face or if I don't feel like looking like I'm smiling, but that doesn't mean I'm not approachable. You just not man enough to approach. That's a PP, a personal problem. Like this study made me mad, mad. Um, so one of the participants in the study said, um, he said there's not really a shortage of men out there, which that's a whole contradiction because it literally is statistically shown that black women outnumber black men and the higher you reach within the educational matrix, whatever you want to call it, the, there are fewer black men to black women. So that's actually really not true, but you tried it, ho, that shit ain't work. Like you tried it. (laughs) Um, it's that some of the women are raising their standards so high that they're missing out on the person for them. like I don't know what to say to that I don't know what to say to that because it's like do you want my standards to be fucking low like and they are low but if it's not right then it's not right um women look at what's on the outside and not what's on the inside they're not looking at their character but are you would you date a broke nigga with some character I'm asking you would you date a broke bitch with some character a broke nigga with some character a broke person with some character like I don't know, like, in this day and age, I can't afford to not have a two-person house. If I'm dating you, you need to be contributing to the household, like, deadass. It's too expensive. Capitalism sucks so fucking bad that that's just not going to work. Um, <laughs> and they don't care about looking at what they are made of on the inside. Okay, and another person said, it might be the way we dress, the way we talk, the way we uh, our life experience, because women hold that stuff against you, and I just think they should break it down and a notch and just lowered a little bit i do think these are the best but you know it takes two uh, i don't even know how to unpack that i don't know what that means um you got women who are not married there's two instable you got those with high standards and who look down at all the guys and you got the other end where you know anybody will do <sighs> and so i just think our young women have to start being able to accept assess potential in their mates and not think that they have they got to have everything already when you go into a relationship. And I kind of agree in a certain, to a certain extent, like if you're, here's what I think about it. If your emotional standpoint is not there, like assess potential in what regard potential dreams, like potential actions, like, Oh my God, if you want to be an actor or you want to be a, if you want to be a rapper, I'm not the girl for you. I'm sorry. I've every nigga I see does music. I'm like, um, okay. But if you, like, have a dream or you're, like, trying to go to law school or something like that, of course, potential. If you're emotionally in the dumps, in the fucking, the depths, no, I'm not here to help you. Like, go see a therapist. I think a lot of men go looking for girlfriends because they want therapists and they want, when you try your best and you don't succeed, like, they want someone to fix them. <laughs> they want somebody to fix them. And that's not my job. Go see a therapist. That's not my job. So I'm not, if you're, if you need emotional, if you have emotional potential on to the next one, I'm not, I'm not engaging in that shit. Um, and then 37% of men view, um, some in 37% of men's views, some independent women believe they don't need a man. Um, and someone said they got it in their mind from this independent song, referring to the song titled Independent by Lil Boosie, or no, Webby, Lil Fat, and Lil Boosie, that they can get it by themselves, which is I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that means? She got her own house. She got her own job. Two cars, work hard. She a bad bra. If you ain't on, sit down. If you ain't on, sit down. If you ain't on, <laughs> 
So basically that song is making women feel like they don't need a man. That song, right? That Yeah, just that song is making women feel like they don't need a man. Um, and they can do it by themselves. Can't nobody do it by themselves. <sighs> I feel like men just kind of want to feel needed by women. And I, I come from the logic of I don't need a man. I would like to have a man. I want a man. I desire, not I need. I don't need anybody. I kind of just need my parents sometimes when they're not getting on my last fucking nerve. And I don't need a man. So I kind of get they're saying there, but in the same breath, I don't. Like, I don't need nobody. I want somebody. And that's the difference. So ultimately, at the end of this, I think I've honestly kissed like, I, I call you up to kiss a frog to get a prince, whatever. I've kissed, I want to say, not physically kissed, but you know what I mean, I'm engaged. I want to say with like 25 plus frogs, and I'm fucking over it. And they were black frogs. So I'm now going to expand my ocean, my my swamp. <laughs> I'm going to expand my swamp to multiple different types of frogs and see what comes up. Because, you, I mean, you only live once. And I mean, ultimately, I could end up with a black man. Although... A lot of people in my life see me with white men. Like, my parents say I'm going to get a white man. My best friend says I'm going to get a white man. My professor I texted, she thinks I would be with a white man. I don't know. Um, I don't know what that says about me. But all I do know is I will find me an Alex, Alexis, O'Hanahan, or whatever, O'Hanahan, whatever her name is, Serena Serena Williams' husband. I will find me a founder of co-reddit-like person. And I'll be my fucking boo. And what about it? And I just wanted to conclude this with Albert Einstein said, <laughs> insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I can't be doing the same shit over and over again with the same type of black people, the same type of black men and getting the same result and not trying something new. I had to try something new because I, I got to break free. I got to break free. Like I, I got to see what's out there for me. And I'm not saying it'll be all roses and daisies out there because I think men suck at large, but I mean, I guess there's different flavors to the suckiness, and I'm just trying to figure out what those flavors are because I can't live like this anymore. I'm sorry. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't want to hoe, but, bitch, I want to be dating. Like, I want to have multiple boyfriends, and I just feel like this is not hard because I feel like only ugly, like, I not. I feel like men who I'm not attracted to, that's who's attracted to me, and then who I'm attracted to, they're not attracted to me, and I just find myself in this large conundrum. So if I just move myself from the equation and I just go seek out different types of men, I might be coming up with something. Like, he could really be anybody. I've seen black and Asian couples work out, or black women and Asian men. Like, Molly and Andrew were fucking cute, don't get me wrong. I was living for that swirl. Is this still considered a swirl? I guess it's just a different flavor. It, I, I, I was thinking like a swirl is white and black, but I mean, a swirl could be really any flavor. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm, I'm opening my horizons. Who fucking knows? But yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. I'm going to talk about NFTs in the last episode. I didn't expect this episode to go on too long. And it's because I went off on so many tangents at the beginning about um, fucking Charlemagne. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Um, and wish me luck on finding my, I nicknamed him Tom. That's my imaginary white boyfriend. Good luck on me finding a Tom. Um, yeah, I hope everybody happy hump day. I hope everybody has an amazing week and I will see you next week. Hi everybody. This is me in post edit. Okay. I found the name of the black woman who she did a study on black women in dating her name is Cheryl Judice, and I'll also be linked. She's a sociologist, and I'll be linking 
her study along with the study on the black men in the description once again thank you for listening and i'll see you in the next episode when i'm talking about nfts